0: Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com/dexter. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host Gareth Watkins coming to you from a very cold mobile studio deep in the heart of rural North Yorkshire, England, where it has got very wintry and I am still not quite well. Um, <clears throat> I was seriously poorly last week, um, picked up a virus, it was a fluy virus, I didn't obviously talk about it and whinge about it last week uh, and of course it really threw me off my game with the podcast, my review was was scant at best and again I apologise for that. It was more than made up for, I think, by the quality of feedback that I got last week. It really um, kind of, of not took me by surprise, but it was um, it was really great. It was just a real pleasure. Um, I mean, the feedback's always good. You, you guys are very generous with your support and and sending me stuff to respond to and, and sharing your thoughts. But there were some really uh, interesting points. And themes brought up last week, so much so that it wasn't just me who thought so. Some of you have as well, and I've I've had um, I've had at least a couple of people come to me and say, uh, yes it wasn't that good feedback last week." Uh, so there you go, guys. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, as I say, I am not quite better. I I'd, I'd say I'm about eighty-five uh, percent. And thanks, incidentally, for all your well wishes. Uh, much appreciated i've I've been about the same since Friday, uh, although i'm a little bit better today I think I, it's like this virus just has its claws into me and just won't quite won't quite let go as much as I try to pry it off me um i'm certainly not like I was when I recorded the review last week that was when that was my worst day really uh so goodness knows how I even managed to get anything recorded. <laughs> it was a miracle um But I'm getting there. This is my first day back in the office today, actually. And uh, I'm getting on okay. so so fingers crossed this will spur me onwards to a full recovery. Uh, I'll be fighting fit for next week. Uh, What have we been up to? Obviously, we're gearing up for Christmas. Um, So apart from being ill, we've been further... Decorating the house, my wife uh, and eldest son Samuel went to uh, went into town on Sunday. Uh, I, I still wasn't quite well enough to be making any trips out into the cold, uh, and they came back with an absolute ton of uh, Christmas lights, extra Christmas lights, because we already had the tree up, <laughs> and uh, we already had some lights on the front of the house. <coughs> We've got more lights up now. There are lights in our little cherry tree in the front garden. We've got lights up in the kitchen. We've got lights in both kids' bedrooms. Uh, yeah, we've gone like crazy, and there's still another set lying on the side of the uh, on the counter in the kitchen that uh, my wife's just dying to plug in somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> oh dear, she'll have it draped over the toilet cistern when I get home. I expect. Uh, just for the sake of sticking it somewhere, um, I'm sure I could tell her where she can stick her lights, but, um, no, I don't want to sound like a, <laughs> <but> a humbug, <laughs> what a thing to say, no, I like Christmas, <laughs> sorry about that, um, no, I love Christmas, it's a great time of year and the kids, of course, get increasingly excited with every day that they open another window on their event calendar and see the dwindling number of windows that are left to reveal. Um, So yeah, we're we're not quite present-wise, not quite ready. Um, We bought quite a bit of stuff, but typically um, it gets to the last sort of couple of weeks before Christmas, and still a few things to get. So uh, hopefully next week I'll have some more positive news to report in that quarter. I hate leaving things to the last minute, but I'm a bugger. I it's like when I was at school, I was always one to leave homework till the last minute. Never a case of doing it now and then I can play later and relax. No, I'd, I'd play and kind of have homework nagging me in the background. Homework or revision for exams, you know, studying. Uh, I do seem to work better when I've got a deadline looming uh, and it's a case of having to do it. Um, <laughs> what that says about me as a person, only a psychologist could probably say, but... Um, <laughs> Hey, that's me. (laughs) Um, But it's good for the podcast because it means that I have to get that podcast uploaded by Friday at the latest or you guys don't stand a chance of really hearing it before the new episode airs. So, uh, you know, it's a good driving force for me to make sure that I get things done. Uh, Anyone who listens to the rewatch podcast will know how I can let those slide. And, well, I can't promise to be any better next year in the hiatus, but... I'll try, I'll try. OK, so enough waffle. Let's uh, let's crack on with some Dexter. This week's episode is Season 7, Episode 11, Do You See What I See? Written by Manny Cotto and Wendy West and directed by John Dahl. We're in safe hands, as we so often are. And it's interesting to note that this episode... I think they said it's, it's, bro- it's broken all kinds of records for Showtime viewing figures. Um, the show continues to grow, <laughs> which is good. Anyway, here's the review. Here we go. OK, you guys, you can stop dancing now. She's gone, they're through, he chose Deb. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling a mixture of thoughts about it, and we'll get to those. I just wanted to spend a second on the episode title. Do you see what I see? Is a line from the Christmas song, Do You Hear What I Hear. I don't expect, I don't suspect, any hidden reference in the song's lyrics, but obviously there's the Christmas connection with the episode... And the phrase, do you see what I see, could be something Deb would say to Dexter. Something Dexter might have said to Deb previously. And there's also LaGuerta with Matthews, trying to convince him of uh, her theories about the Bay Harbour butcher. So, to the episode itself. The, on- the, uh, the opening was quite fun, I thought. A little flash forward. Teenage Harrison looking none the worse for wear after having a childhood with two killers bringing him up. He looked really happy too, although of course this was Dexter's fantasy and not an actual flash forward. Incidentally, the man on the kill table, who we don't actually, we don't see his face, but um, there are one or two photos floating around the interwebs. Um, Yeah, the man on the kill table at the beginning there, it was actually Scott Reynolds, who uh, you'll know as the writer, producer and host of the Dexter Wrap-Up podcast, Actually, Scott had Michael C. Hall as a guest this week and they had a very interesting chat and I suspect I'll be referring to stuff they said at some point today. The point of the flash-forward was to show Dexter seriously envisioning his longer-term future and it's one that involves Hannah. This is where his mind is at. He's thinking they could be in it for the long haul, together forever, which is something I don't think many of us believed would actually happen, but this is obviously what Dexter's fancying. And in his voiceover, he tells us he finds the future actually appealing. He's never really had any reason to look forward, at least not in his head. (laughs) There is the small detail of his bloody son, who ought to consume a lot more of his time than he does, but we'll talk more of that in a bit, rest assured. This really was a pivotal episode for Dexter and not one that left me feeling entirely satisfied. Not for Dexter himself, although, to be fair, he did stay true to himself in the end. But, I mean, it wasn't what I wanted for him. It wasn't what I wanted for him at this point. And we've got a mystery, or at least I think we have. (laughs) And I was surprised that the relationship got to this point at this stage of the season. But let's look at the setup because I like what they did. Deb going to see Arlene, the witness, and playing hardball with her. Actually, I was thinking, Deb, you're really risking Breaking Bad here. But the driving force is, of course, her distrust and apparent hatred of Hannah. She's like a woman possessed on a mission, tunnel vision, and it could account for what happened later. Then Hannah went to visit Deb at her house, which obviously freaked her out a little bit, as it would that she knew where she lived. Hannah seemed genuine enough, but like we've said before, we don't know how good an actress she is. Deb was still in hardball mode, of course, and I don't know how much of her moods are affected by the pills and how much just from her obsession with arresting Hannah. It's not the Deb we know of old. She's harder now. And she has been through a lot this season, not to mention previously, but we're seeing a marked change lately. And I'm not so keen on her current persona. I do empathise with the hurt and confusion and anxiety and (laughs) what must be an overwhelming sense of holy shit, what's happened to my life? (laughs) But like I said last week, as a fan of the Deb-Dex relationship since the beginning, I hate to see this wedge between them. All that said... To be fair to Deb, and I should say that having this tension in their relationship, it is good for the dramatic progression of the storyline, and um, it moves things in a different direction, and uh, and, and does keep us inter- does keep things interesting, and you know, leaving us with these emotions and thinking, feeling a bit despondent at the state of their relationship. You know, that, I guess that shows the series is is doing its job. But like as I was saying, um, to be fair to Deb, I do understand that she has some very strong feelings for her brother, even now, and she maintains her determination to protect him no matter what. She knows Hannah's history, at least a good chunk of it. She knows she's a killer and has no desire to see Dexter become one of her victims. I do suspect there's some jealousy there too. As one of you points out in the feedback this week, at least one of you, a woman in love can do crazy things, and maybe she really did do something crazy this week. The accident thing is the mystery, and actually, I really like them bringing that element into the show. It gives us something different to talk about and come up with theories of a different nature. On the face of it this episode, we're to think that Hannah did it. She visited Deb got blown off, waited nearby until Deb went out, apparently, crept inside, found Deb's tablets and tainted the water. However, this isn't the style that that they've established for her. If she wanted to kill Deb, she'd have surely used her usual MO, a botanical type poison. Why try to poison her with an overdose of anxiety tablets? As far as we're aware, Hannah has no knowledge of medication like this. When she poisons, it's lethal, not airy-fairy, oh, this'll make her dizzy and a bit woozy and faint kind of thing. So, seriously, my money is on Deb being behind this. They were obviously careful not to show the actual accident. Deb didn't come out of it too badly, which would tie in with her doing it, not hurt herself too much. The evidence Dexter found was just a blonde hair in the bathroom, which Deb could have pulled from Dexter's car seat, or his shirt, or maybe it was in evidence already. It wouldn't have been hard for her to get. The tainted water proves nothing. Just that it was tainted. Circumstantially, Hannah has motive, but if she's as genuine about Dexter as I've thought she is, she said I love you first, remember, last week. Or was it the week before? God, I'm losing track. Blame my illness. (laughs) But if she's as genuine as I think she is, would she really risk it all? Like she said to Dexter, the threat was from the witness who's got such a bad track record that she could easily be discredited by any two-bit lawyer. So Deb had nothing really except a really big girl boner for putting Hannah behind bars. Deb, on the other hand, has great motive for setting Hannah up. And it worked. She knows her brother so well. She probably knew he'd go to her place and look for some evidence. She'll have planted the blonde hair. She's become so obsessed with nailing Hannah under the guise of protecting her brother, although I have no doubt she does want to protect him. No one can question that. Who knows what effect these pills are having on her, on her judgement. It's a betrayal of Dexter if she has set this up, but it worked. Dexter came through and chose Deb over Hannah. Deb's fixed on protecting her brother, but when it comes down to it, Deb's well-being is important to Dexter too. More important than his brother in season one, and more important than true love now. You know, it occurs to me again about the Deb in love with Dexter storyline last season. You know, I've been a critic of it, as so many of us have. We've bashed it to pieces in the past, but it really has facilitated a lot of this season and given a motive for a lot, if not most, if not all of Deb's actions. I've said before that love can make us do crazy things, it can cloud our judgement, and it's illustrated gloriously here if Deb's rigged this to nail Hannah. It puts her right back in that grey area breaking bad to get what she wants, and forgive me for coining that phrase again, (laughs) it gives her more in common with Dexter's darker side than she might actually want. I felt really bad and a bit disappointed about how this turned out this week, and how justified I am to feel like this depends on Hannah's guilt. I had been hoping that Dexter could enjoy this bliss for a bit longer. Never mind the fact that I had held that potentially false belief that Hannah would be around for more than one season, and hey, maybe she still will be in some capacity. I didn't expect the relationship to, uh, relationship to eventually end very well. But this was a pretty fast end to their relationship. I mean, let's face it, this has to be the end, right? Even if it comes out, and I'm sure it will, if it comes out that Deb spiked her own water... Dexter still handed in Sal Price's poison pen, so although Hannah could be clear of poisoning Deb, she still screwed over the murder of Price. And of course, Dexter just not trusting Hannah over this, that'll hurt her, to say the least. Could they ever come back from something so big? I don't think so. Michael C. Hall came up with an interesting perspective about this in the Wrap Up podcast. He pointed out the look on Dexter's face in the scene with Hannah's arrest, looking at Deb as if to say, why couldn't you just let me have her? It's pretty sad from his point of view. Like I said before, it's felt that Deb's pursued this as doggedly as she has, with a hint of spite. If I can't have him, no one can. I like to think Deb's better than that, and I hope she is, but she is in a tough place this season. She's popping these pills, dare I say it, she needs to get back to that shrink. So, we'll have Dexter alone again, and with this rift between him and his sister, how he's going to react, if or when he finds out Deb did it, that's assuming she did do it, and as you've gathered, that's what I'm betting on. I've been leaning towards Deb and Dexter establishing a unique kind of relationship in the final season, and that could still happen. Hall said that with Deb... Dexter craves an understanding from her that she can't quite give him. But if she's gone to a darker place this season, maybe she will. And there's still the whole Bay Harbour Butchery investigation to be resolved. We don't know how far she'll go there to protect her brother, if she'll cross the line again. Let's talk about this now, because the investigation stepped up a gear this week. Matthew's first talking to Dexter on the boat, and you could see the gun go off in Dexter's head as he set to thinking his way out of this, what he can do. Typically, he thought on his feet and came out with the Dokes boat thing. Of course, he then had to work very fast to set it up, and it was no doubt made easier with Deb's involvement. She didn't hesitate to offer her help, did she? She does seem willing to go to extreme lengths to protect her brother nowadays, as if burning a murder scene in a church wasn't extreme enough. But it was all a bit convenient, the set-up of the boathouse and the evidence they found along with Dokes's fingerprint. I presume that's what Deb lifted from LaWerta's house, by the way. But Matthews was very quick to accept what they'd found. He seemed to forget how meticulous they knew the Bay Harbour butcher to be. Would he have left any prints? Surely he was too careful for that, from the profile they have of him. And Lundy's profile was pretty thorough. Anyway, of course, LaGuerta had already set in motion her own parallel plan to trap Dexter. And, boy, did it nearly work. She had the perfect bait, and Dexter was so ready to latch onto it, with his long-term need to avenge his mother. Not that we can blame him. It would have given him a little closure. But he didn't question the timing that this guy gets out just as the heat is rising from LaGuerta's investigation, This lapse of judgement could be put down to Dexter's journey to becoming more human. We've said before that to err is human, and he's made more mistakes over the last two or three seasons, since Rita died really, although it was his own errors of judgement that led to her death in season four, so probably since season four he's become increasingly sloppy at times, and not as thorough it was a nice moment of tension in the container with the sudden realisation he'd been set up. But now Estrada is on the loose, that's a massive problem for Dexter. All he has to do is go to the nearest police station and ask for Laguerta, or at least tell them that Dexter was going to murder him. Maybe that'll happen. Dexter needs to find him now, that's for sure. Also, though, there was obviously a police unit tailing Estrada. I just can't see they were doing a very good job or they'd have, they'd have seen estrada talking to dexter earlier or maybe they did and they just didn't show the conversation when they told laguerta running time of episodes of course is always a factor for the production team i know they trust us to fill in the blanks sometimes before we move on i did enjoy some of the lines from matthews this week he had a couple of corkers both very sexist and unpc.
1: pc you're letting your personal feelings for the morgans completely cloud your judgment And I think you're letting whatever you had going with dokes make you blind to his guilt.
2: I've heard of people fucking their brains out, Maria, but God almighty. You're supposed to preserve the crime scene, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. Keep up to date with the show on Twitter. Follow at Dissect Dexter.
0: Some other notes before we get into your feedback let's talk about Harrison briefly only briefly because he has so little influence on the story but the scene with father Christmas or Santa or whatever you want to call him Père Noël for our our friends in France wasn't that so weird that Jamie was taking the lead there with Harrison at at the Santa's grotto any parents who takes their kids to see father Christmas you want to be right there with them sharing their joy I know Dex and Deb were preoccupied with matters of life and death, but they could have waited a minute, couldn't they? Jamie was unhesitating when she took Harrison for his turn. Just amazing. Christmas is all about the kids in our house. You, you make it magic for them, and seeing the wonder on their faces is such an amazing thing to experience as a parent. I do believe it's deliberate by the writers that Dexter comes across as a mostly absent parent, at least... I hope it is. Otherwise, these throwaway scenes just don't work in Dexter's favour. Batista. Well, (laughs) not much to say here. The thing with Quinn's money that they cut from the script last week didn't come back this week. And from what Batista said to LaGuerta, he's still set on his restaurant. I assume his troubles with mould are all sorted. (laughs) That was something I never thought I'd say on Dissecting Dexter... Mould Troubles. Bloody hell. (laughs) I wish him well, though. Finally, Quinn. Nadia skipped town. Can't blame her. Maybe fearing reprisals. The club's obviously still running. Still owned by the Brotherhood. I felt a bit sorry for Quinn. And I also felt sorry for the Brotherhood storyline that pretty much died two episodes ago with Isaac and now just seems to be fizzling out. Shame. Although, we had some good times. Where this leaves Quinn, well, I guess he's broken-hearted again. (laughs) Is it still plausible that there could be a Brotherhood hitman after him for killing George? Maybe? I don't expect this to end explosively, or maybe it will. (laughs) Hedging my bets. But if this is it for Quinn this season, then that's a shame. But maybe it'll set up his mindset for next season and something more conclusive for him. So... Overall, a pretty decent episode. Pretty well written, well directed. One that ramps up the tension for the conclusion of the season next week. As much as I am saddened by the state of the Deb-Dexter relationship, narratively it's all made sense this season, and we've never seen their relationship under any real threat before, so... You know, it's fresh for the show that they're experiencing this. And, of course, there's that Hannah-shaped wedge that was um, being driven in between them. And I did feel a bit disappointed that their relationship was wrapped up this early. I know a lot of you won't be. I guess if this is it, then Dexter will still have had that new experience of, of feeling genuine romantic love. I don't think the sexual element to a a relationship is really still that important to him. He's never seemed like a, (laughs) you know, a a horny kind of guy, (laughs) to to put it crudely. So it does kind of feed into, you know, bearing in mind our questions before about, well, who is suitable for Dexter as a quote-unquote life partner? Um, And maybe it just comes back to Deb. And I don't expect them ever to be having a, you know, roll around in in bed together, uh, you know, with sexual shenanigans. But I could see the show concluding with them having a a very unique and special kind of relationship. And it could be quite sweet. I don't know if that's my preferred conclusion for the show, um, but it's definitely a possible outcome. We shall see. How many times do I say that? Okay, enough from me. Let's hear what you guys thought about this episode.
2: Listener feedback.
0: All right, feedback time. Firstly, quick thank you to some recent iTunes reviews that I've spotted. Thanks to John0B, Charles66, Danny Diamond, Sandy in Seattle, Mad Hatter22 and 4G13. Thanks very much guys for your Excellent five-star reviews, much appreciated, and it does help the podcast, so, uh, good stuff. Right, let's move into your emails and voicemails, got quite a bit this week, as we so often seem to, and it's all good. Firstly, Emily in Utah emailed In Between Podcasts to say, I don't think, I say In Between Podcasts, In Between the last podcast and the most recent episode of Dexter, (laughs) um, Sorry, Emily says, I don't think I've heard this theory and it just occurred to me. I apologise if it's been thrown out there before. But does anyone think there is any possibilities that Matthews may just know about Dexter already? I do agree that he's mostly trying to get back at La Guerta by getting involved and she deserves it. But he and Harry were very good friends and the show made it a point to remind us of that last episode. Could Harry have confided in Matthews at some point and possibly even asked Matthews to keep an eye on Dexter and keep his secret as long as he follows the code? Just throwing that out there could be interesting. Thanks, Emily. I did wonder if this could be a possibility, but the core of Harry's code was not to get caught. And you can help that in a pretty big way by not telling anyone. (laughs) But from everything Matthews has said and done this season and in the past really, he's not given me any vibe to suggest he does know more than he's letting on. But to be fair to you, your email was sent before episode 11, so maybe you've reassessed your theory since then, but I thank you for it. Next, we've got a response from Shannon Williams-Walker, who wrote in to comment on an email from last week. And the email goes as follows. I apologise for not recalling... I saw that again. <laughs> I apologize for not recalling the name of the author. He was making a point about why, in the end, the powers that be chose not to have Isaac Serco die on Dexter's table, reason being that the general public, or more specifically America, would not stand for a gay person dying at the hands of someone the audience stands in the shoes of, so to speak. I found this email very moving and extremely impressive. I thought the author was spot on in his remarks and they actually echoed some lines of thinking I had myself just a couple of weeks prior. While watching the show, my mind began to wonder about where the storyline was going with Hannah and Dexter. My mind began to race about different scenarios that might possibly lead Dex to put Hannah on his table again, such as her harming or killing Deb. As I said, this was a couple of weeks ago, so I have different opinions about how the show will eventually wind up now. However, as my mind took this short little trip, I started to think back. Have we ever seen a female on Dexter's table? I've seen all episodes of all seasons, but can't recall if Dexter has ever actually wrapped a woman in plastic and put her on his table. I'm trying to remember how he killed Lila, and I don't recall if that was by convention or another way. From there, I considered whether we've seen a black person being killed in this submissive way. I really can't recall. Part of me thinks, surely we have, and it must be my old memory, playing tricks on me. When you read the listener's email last week, it brought up that line of thinking again, and I thought I would send this email in the hopes of hearing your thoughts on the matter. Thanks, Shannon. The email was from Ari the Invincible, and it really was a good one. To answer your question... Dexter has killed women before. Just off the top of my head, there was Zoe Kruger in season four. Um, One of the human traffickers in season one. I think her name was Valerie Castillo, was it? I'm not sure. Travis is the self-proclaimed master of remembering names like that. (laughs) Um, Lila, he didn't kill on the table, as you correctly remember, but she obviously counts as someone he's murdered, just by not the usual not in the usual ritualistic way. As for African-Americans, I think there's just been one, perhaps, which another listener pointed out last season does not equate to what the statistics show about racial profiles of murderers in America. The population of Miami is very heavily Hispanic, as you'd expect, and Dexter's killed plenty from that racial group. As far as women are concerned, maybe the producers just think we'd rather see Dexter kill men than women. I don't know how accurate an assumption that would be, but I suppose in the grand scheme of things it's not really of any consequence for Dexter's wider story, but it is an interesting facet of the show that's worth thinking about, so thanks for the email, Shannon. Let's move on to another email, Uh, this time it's Sandy in Seattle, who writes... Well, I thought that was a decent episode that put a lot of pieces in play for a fun finale. My husband and I were both surprised by LaGuerta setting up Dexter at the end. Pretty clever. A few pet peeves, though. Matthew's had some horrible one-liners, and I've noticed this all season, but there have been a lot of loud and public conversations between Dexter and Deb, and or others, that easily could have been overheard. The best one this week was at the end when Angel was cuffing Hannah and she said to Dexter, you should have killed me, but Angel didn't skip a beat. I had to laugh. It also happened in the Santa line. Dex tells Deb for the whole world to hear that LaGuerta thinks he's the Bay Harbour butcher. I also had to laugh that Jamie is the one holding Harrison and taking him to Santa. Also convenient that Jamie spends her Christmas at Dexter's so he's free for all sorts of other activities. It's something about the show that I've mostly ignored, but I almost wish they'd written Harrison out way back because it really is a distraction how they deal with him. And it makes the show seem sloppy and makes Dexter seem like a horrible person. Oh, wait, he's a serial killer. Never mind. (laughs) Ha ha. P.S. I didn't mention the arsonist storyline because, to be honest, I can't even remember if they wrapped it up last week or if they just dropped it. Is that my oops or theirs? Thanks, Sandy. Yeah, the twist at the end got me too. It was nicely played. fair point about Deb and Dexter's conversations sometimes being a little too public, particularly this week in the queue to see Father Christmas. And speaking of that scene, you're in good company with your amazement at the continued treatment of Harrison. I get why they keep him around, but it really doesn't help Dexter look like any kind of a good dad. And the arsonist storyline, the Phantom, yes, it, it... seems to be done now <laughs> it was just a plot device it seems to fit in with dexter's realization about the dark passenger thanks andy
3: did you kill all these people
1: i did you're listening
2: to dissecting dexter are
3: you? are
0: you a serial killer
4: Hey, Gareth. This from Pittsburgh. Uh, before I dive into Season 7 uh Episode 12, I just wanted to, uh, well, I guess it's kind of diving into it. Um, I want to give a round of applause to the Dexter uh, stage crew uh, for doing like a very convincing job of bringing Christmas to life around Miami. Uh, Do you see all the houses around the Cordis house? I mean, that must have taken ages for such a short scene, and uh, I hope for the sake of the set designers that the Christmas decor sticks around for one more episode, um, and considering how things ended, uh, this week's episode, I imagine it's only going to be, like, a day or two past, and Christmas decorations stick around for that much, uh, you know, longer after Christmas, so, anyways, a lot of pieces were, uh, put into place for next week's finale, and, um, I'd like to give some praise to how those pieces were placed, um, because no time was wasted on Dexter's inner monologues about how am I going to frame Dokes or what am I going to do about Hannah poisoning Deb. It was just, you know, you saw him look in that uh, shack to uh, put, you know, the the damning evidence against Dokes. And the next thing you know, you just saw Matthews and the checking out that shack. And he just did things this episode. He didn't explain to us what he was doing a lot of the time he just did it and sometimes we just didn't even see him doing it like I can hear people asking right now how did did Dexter get Doke's fingerprint on evidence or uh, when did Dexter find the time to break into LaGuardia's house and place evidence in Doke's tackle box Um, and I didn't really care about any of those things it was just better to accept that Dexter was capable of doing them and moving on to you know, the more important things sort of elaborating on details that we don't need to know. So, it was it was great. Lots of things were placed and put into position for next week's episode and as far as penultimate episodes go, this is definitely up there. Um, that final moment between Dex and Hannah, you should have killed me. I am excited for Sunday, Gareth. <laughs> All right, you have a good week now.
0: Bye. Thanks, Ken. Glad you're excited for the finale. I am too. They've set things they've set things up very dramatically, I think. We might not get much action per se next week, but it could well be very tense and dramatic. You're right about how little they showed of Dexter and Deb setting up Dokes this week. We didn't need to see everything. We know how Dexter operates, we know he's good. We saw Deb outside LaGuerta's house, so I assumed she was there waiting to get inside and get the fingerprint from the butcher evidence boxes. OK, on to an email now from Marie in Victoria, Australia, who writes, Hi Gareth, loved the podcast and really enjoyed this episode. One thing that bugged me was how the Deb-Hannah situation played out. I convinced Hannah's innocent and Deb did it to herself and got exactly what she wanted, confirmation that Dexter would choose her over Hannah. I hope I'm wrong, though, because this is the first time i felt sorry for Hannah. I was upset by the ending, with Dexter turning her in. However, if she really did poison Deb, then I suppose all is how it should be. Nosy LaGuerta had my heart racing when she was about to burst in on Dexter with Estrada. That was a big, oh my god, no moment. (laughs) I'm worried for how Dexter's going to deal with that. Thanks, Marie. You know... It was also probably the first time I've really felt sorry for Hannah. I sympathised last week about her dad, but that whole thing felt just too forced, that it was distracting and I couldn't get invested in it properly. And the Guerta, yeah, Dexter's got another big problem to deal with now. Can he find Estrada before he can spill his guts? Thanks again, Marie. Staying in Australia, we go to Danielle in Sydney, who writes... Before I started to express my thoughts on this episode, I thought about how I felt when the credits rolled. Was I excited? No. Was I really eager for the final episode? No. Was I feeling a bit flat? Yes. And that sums up the penultimate episode for season seven. Flat. There was no suspense. I never felt riveted by what was happening. It was nothing like I'd hoped for. The whole Hannah thing has left me feeling that any impact she had upon Dexter and the development of his character was for naught. One minute he's madly in love with her and the next he's sending her to jail. The way it happened just seems ludicrous. Firstly, Hannah somehow knew Deborah was on anti-anxiety medication. Secondly, Deborah seems to have multiple scripts for the medication, seeing she has one bottle on her person and the other conveniently placed in her medicine cabinet. Thirdly, Hannah must have laced all of Deborah's bottled water, of which there was a lot in her fridge. Or she got lucky, and Deb just happened to take the one that was tampered with. I could go on. There were just so many implausible events for this plan to have worked. Even after the lab results came back, I was still wondering if Hannah did it, and I think I felt this way because my rational brain couldn't cope with all this completely irrational nonsense. Nothing ever seems clear or definite with Hannah's character. Plus, she knows Dexter is a killer. Does he think she will keep the secret after he provided the evidence to put her in jail? I know I wouldn't, given the same situation. So then we have LaGuerta, so obviously freeing Estrada to lure Dexter to a kill, and he walks straight into the trap. I just couldn't believe it. I just thought, oh, here we go. Ho-hum. For me, there was such a lack of tension, suspense and surprises, not to mention the complete fizzle of Quinn's storyline. Bye-bye, Nadia. See you in Vegas. And Batista is finally retiring to his restaurant. Why are they doing this to his character? Boring. Just one other thing that bothers me. It almost seems like parts of this season have been written in a reactive sense rather than a proactive one. Two key characters, Lewis and Isaac, had their storylines cut short because of the actor's other commitments. How can you maintain momentum and continuity when this happens? Surely it's impacted on this season. Please, please let the final episode restore my faith. Thanks, Danielle. Yes, Dexter turned on Hannah, but he didn't do it with a smile on his face. I I think it really pained him to do it, but as far as he was concerned, he was protecting his sister, putting her well-being first. But I do think he was blindsided by his feelings... Not blindsided, I mean blinded by his feelings for Deb... Sound familiar? <laughs> and he just accepted the evidence at face value. Of course, I'm still operating under the assumption that Deb set this up. It's a shame you didn't feel any tension over the attempted Estrada kill. Although it sounds like you saw it coming, you saw the twist coming, so I guess you wouldn't have done <laughs> I was blindsided. I didn't think it was a set-up any more than Dexter did, so when Estrada mentioned La Guerta, I was surprised and the tension ramped up for me. I think I was probably distracted by the um, quote-unquote mystery over who poisoned Deb. I agree about a certain amount of reactive writing, although I do think they knew that Ray Stevenson's time was limited before they started shooting. But I think Josh Cook was a short-notice thing. But you're right, things like that really don't help the writer's plan and pace things properly. But with the benefit of hindsight, They did recover from killing Lewis early, and it's not upset the season as a whole, as upset as I was at the time. Thanks, Danielle. I hope the finale brings you only good things. Hi, Gareth. It's Tim from Melbourne, calling to
2: give you my thoughts and feedback on this week's episode, Do You See What I See?, a.k.a. A Very Dexter Christmas. Um, Since it's my first call of the season, I thought I'd give you some general thoughts on what I thought just quickly, I loved the season. I think it's been fantastic. I don't know if you recall, but I called a few times last season and was pretty scathing on the whole thing. Didn't like a lot of it. So I think it's been a massive improvement this season and really liked it from start to finish. If they end it well next week, for me it'll be right up there with uh, the best seasons. Um, um, Hannah I've really liked, actually. I think she's been a good character um, for the most part. I'm a little bit surprised by the criticism that she seems to have attracted. Um, I think that uh, the character, is, is by causing a bit of a wedge between Dexter and Deb, is bound to attract a bit of criticism. But some of it has surprised me a bit. I think some people have said that, you know, because of her past being a killer, they can't empathise with her and and see any other side of her, which surprises me because you know that's. Basically, what the whole show of Dexter is based on. You've got a main character who's killed more people than anthrax, and um, part of the show is scene is you know the human side and empathising with him and kind of liking the character. And that and that's been done with other characters. Um, Serco this season is, is a brutal killer, an assassin. You look at the scenes with the um, with the poor barman that he forced to to kill himself, and yet. They showed her personal side with him, with his, um, with Victor and so on. and That doesn't attract the same sort of criticism that some people have leveled at the Hannah character. So that surprised me a bit. Um, I think, as I say, it's mainly the fact that she's causing this wedge between the two favorite characters on the show, Dexter and Deb. Also, have a bit of a theory, just a theory, that some people don't like the stereotype of the pretty girl who manipulates people. And I think she may be copying a bit of flack because of that. Um, I mean, let's face it, she, only, she was on the kill table and she only survived that because she's a pretty young girl. If she had the exact same criminal past and was a middle-aged fat guy, she'd be fish food by now in the in the sea. So I don't know, i got a little theory that maybe that rubs people up the wrong way a little bit. But anyway, moving on. This this week's episode was, was, was good, although because I'm on board with Hannah and like the character and like the, the the dynamic with Dex, it was a bit of a downbeat episode and I was sad to see the relationship sort of disintegrate by the end of it. A lot of people, other people would probably be happy about that, but I thought that was a bit of a downer and felt sorry for both of them a bit, but um, it, it was still a, still a really good episode. Um, quickly on a few other things, I think Quinn really shouldn't survive realistically. I don't think you should be able to go in in a public place and kill a a leader of a ruthless mafia-type organisation and get away with it. I think, realistically, if they're that ruthless uh, a um, criminal organisation, he should be taken out pretty soon. We'll see if that actually happens. The Deb scenario, I think she staged it. I think she staged the accident and putting the pills in the water. She she even said to Hannah that she will do anything to protect Dexter and keep her away. So I think that's what's happened. So anyway, I'll let you go. But I've really enjoyed the podcast as always. And I'll I'll leave a
0: message after the finale next week. See you. Thanks, Tim. There's really been a nice, very strong Australian contingent this week. Yes, I suspect there'll be some who just don't like Hannah because she was driving this wedge between Deb and Dexter. I never wanted a wedge there, but it has taken the show somewhere new and provided lots of genuine drama, so that has to be good for the show, doesn't it? Better that than retreading old ground. And it seems like you and I share the same opinion about Quinn and Deb's accident. We'll probably find out if we're right next week. Thanks, Tim. From Australia now to Ireland, let's hear from Sandy, who writes as follows... When I heard the title of this episode, I had high hopes for it. Straight away, I had visions of LaGuerta and Matthews watching Dexter in a kill room. Turns out I was wrong. Maybe that'll be next year. The previously on Dexter moment was stringing us along. You could think that we were being spoiled showing how Hannah poisoned Sal Price and making you think, showing Deborah drinking from a bottle every five minutes, this could only mean one thing, that she was poisoned by Hannah. But I don't think so. Perhaps it was self-inflicted. Deborah could see she was losing her brother to a murderer. She knew that she couldn't prove how bad she was to him, as, she, as he was besotted with Little Miss Poison Ivy. By drugging herself, Dexter would have to look at Hannah in a different light. Her plan was dangerous, but short-term loss for long-term gain. No pain, no gain. My weekly Dexter the Dodgy Daddy complaint. It's Christmas Eve. Dexter is planning a kill. Should he not be at home, putting out a glass of milk for Santa and the reindeer? Telling the night-before-Christmas story to Harrison, all snuggled up by the fire? I wonder why this bothers me so much. I can't be the only one. Towards the end of this average episode, I was shocked, as I'm sure everyone else was, that moment when Estrada mentioned the woman from the police. Well done, writers. What a fantastic twist. I loved how the penny dropped to Dexter and the audience at the same time. Thanks, Sandy. No, you're not alone. (laughs) As you know, you and I share some similar opinions about the dodgy daddy. And here he was yet again. It's a weekly complaint of ours, isn't it? And I guess it's one that'll continue into next season. OK, another email, and it's Alex in New York City, who emails as follows. I'll start by talking about the thing that I don't really want to talk about at all, which is the mystery of who drugged Deb's water bottle. If Hannah did it, the plan was stupidly sloppy and stupidly reckless. If Deb did it, the plan was wildly sloppy and wildly reckless. If Hannah did it, the plan would be impractical because it would have to be serendipitous for her to doze off at the right moment to cause a fatal accident. If Deb did it, the plan would be impractical because flipping a car with you in it could very well cause a fatal accident. Either way, it's senseless. Maybe it'll be rendered moot and we'll find out Arlene did it and it's her blondish hair Dexter found by Deb's medicine cabinet. Maybe it's Nadia's. Why not? Maybe she did it before skipping to Vegas because she wanted to kill Quinn's ex for some reason. It makes as much sense as any of these other options. I give up. LaGuerta was certainly a clever girl, wasn't she? I like that her success stemmed from her natural strength that she, that's been established by her character. The entirety of her investigation ended in dead ends after dead ends, as one might expect if you're going up against a forensic expert. But as Matthews put it, her skill isn't investigation, it's playing the game. She's a bureaucrat, crat, and a schemer. Good at working on the inside, manipulating, leveraging. Her using her influence to free Estrada and use him as bait pitted her strengths against Dexter's impulsive and compulsive weakness. It was a real triumph for a character that's been repeatedly and, to be frank, deservedly maligned for quite a stretch of time. Quick aside, Matthews is a wonderful prick, isn't he? I really enjoy his presence. Vulgarity and crudeness were never carried alongside such weight of authority. Some people might find his borderline bigotry a bit too harsh, but I can forgive him. He's too damn funny not to. He's like Miami's very own Archie Bunker. Anyway, I think La Guerta's ultimately doomed in her endeavours. She's made far too many enemies and cut far too many corners to charge Miami Metro's star forensic expert as the Bay Harbour Butcher, with no real evidence to tie Dexter to the crime, who'd back her? The lieutenant of homicide is the suspect's sister, so that's out. Matthews is not only a family friend of both Dexter and Deborah, but no doubt has a personal itch to humiliate and destroy her. Vince is Dexter's friend as his angel. Quinn backed off his own investigation of Dexter for Deborah's sake and practically owes Dexter a good evidence tampering or three for Dexter's help concerning Liddy and the bloody shoe. Could she maybe appeal to her superiors? Could you imagine if the legal blow, could you imagine the legal blowback to the department if for years a forensic expert was found to have been a mentally deranged serial killer? It would be the scandal of the century. Everyone anywhere close to it would have their careers ruined, including, ironically enough, LaGuerta's. Dexter's ace in the pocket may be, to paraphrase Hunter S. Thompson, that anyone in the position to bring the hammer down on him couldn't possibly believe it. In the end, you live by the game, you die by the game. For all her skill at PR, LaGuerta may create a situation where appearances in and of themselves may be the immovable object that stops her dead, figuratively or otherwise thanks alex good comments about laguerta we know she's a wily operator and excels at sneaky scheming i agree with you that this was something of a success for her in a fashion although she doesn't have the collar yet even though dexter got away her plan did a great job of frightening the bejesus out of him but yes, like you, I think Dexter will probably outsmart her in the end and we could still have that possible double-cross from Matthews to come.
3: Hi Gareth, Chris from Scotland calling with my initial thoughts on episode 11 of season 7, Do You See What I See. <sighs> Where to start with this episode. It was exciting, it was tense, silly at times, um, but ultimately set up... What's surely to be a really intriguing season finale leading us into the final season of Dexter? Um, main two points I wanted to talk about were the sort of two big storylines um, the, the Bay Harbour Butcher investigation um, taking a, an interesting turn, and the Hannah McKay storyline also taking a pretty interesting turn. I'll start off with um, the Hannah storyline. Um, I don't know. I've real mixed feelings about this storyline. And I know a lot of your listeners do as well, <coughs> Travis. Um, but, you know, I, I, I must say I, I quite like it. I liked that Dexter was falling in love. Um, I liked that he was experiencing these feelings properly, I think, for the first time. And it was interesting to see him contemplating his future and what might happen. Uh, for me, that was interesting. Um, and then I felt really disappointed when it turned out that Hannah had actually poisoned Deborah and, and tried to get rid of her. But I must say, I still suspect that maybe there's more to that storyline. And what I mean by that is, would it be possible that Deborah actually drugged herself? thinking, you know, this is a last resort, this is the only way I'm going to get rid of of Hannah out of my brother's life, and she knew Dexter was in love with her and, and vice versa, um, and maybe she thought there, is, there, is, there was no other way, um, and Hannah is a killer, so Deborah really um, is within her rights to try and um, put Hannah behind bars, so I could see that maybe happening, I don't know... If the show would go there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did turn out that Deborah um, had poisoned herself um, in, in order to, to get Dexter to turn away from Hannah. We'll see. Hopefully in the next episode. I do apologise. I'm not in a mobile studio um, in my school. I'm a school teacher and that was our um, bell for one of our lunches. Um, rather than start again, I'll just keep going. The other main storyline, obviously the, the Bay Harbour Butcher storyline, I really felt quite strongly, <clears throat> and I don't know if I still do, that there was more to Matthews reappearing. I thought, you know, I had some crazy theories in mind, and I'm not getting to them. I thought maybe uh, uh, Matthews might have known more about Dexter, I might have double-crossed like that and maybe it still might turn out that way, but I, I do feel that maybe Matthews is gone, and, and that side of the story uh, might be finished. Might be wrong. Um, but I must say I was really on the edge of my seat, um, when Dexter had Estrada in the, the container, um, having his conversation and it turned out that LaGuerta had set him up and then when it cut to LaGuerta saying that she had had him followed to the officer or whoever that was, her private investigator, I was so on the edge of my seat. I didn't want Dexter to get caught. He was in real peril. And for a split second, I thought LaGuardia had had Dexter followed. And obviously, it's, it was a that she had followed. But, you know, now there must be no doubt in her mind um, that Dexter is a a butcher. Maybe she had some doubts after finding the evidence and, and what Matthews was saying to her and, and, and things. Um, but now she knows... After finding the plastic in the chainsaw, there must be no doubt in her mind that Dexter is the the be butcher and that I mean that sets up an amazingly exciting finale. so don't know where it's going to go. Is it going to end up with Dexter on the run? Is Dexter going to kill laguerta? What's going to happen with Hannah because I don't think she's not going to be in the next episode. There's so much going to happen um the The, the characters who are sort of on the periphery of things Quinn looks like his storyline is over. Um, for now um, because he got the letter from I can't remember the the girl's name saying that she thanked him and and it was a bit of a a rotten ending for him and I felt quite sorry for him after all he'd been through but looks like that story's over. (coughs) Looks like Quinn's going to be safe for season 8 which I know a lot of us including yourself and some of your listeners thought might have not been the case so um, hopefully there's more interest and plot points for him in season 8 should he make it which I think he's going to Um, They brought up Batista's retirement storyline again. And i remembered, I think it was yourself that had said about the old cliché of the the cop just about to retire. And and it did make me worry a little bit about Batista and maybe he'll get caught up in the crossfire um, in the last episode. I hope not. I think he deserves to make it to season eight. He's been there from the beginning and hopefully they've got something interesting planned for him in the final season. Um, oh, so much happened I mean, for me it was it was really exciting um, can't wait for the finale, I mean the minute the episode ended, I just wanted the finale to be on, so I mean, I've enjoyed this season, yet yeah, it's not been perfect, I don't think, it'd be very rare to get a perfect series perfect season, sorry, of television, but I've enjoyed it um, every week and I've looked forward to it every week and um, there's, there's so much set up for the finale and I'm really excited and I'm hoping um, it's a great finale next next week and hope that um, I can get back on to, to leave my thoughts in, in your final podcast of the season. Um, thanks again, Gareth. I hope you're feeling better and I'll try and call back um, with my finale feedback next week. So this is Chris from Scotland saying, I'll see you in another life, brother.
0: Ooh, a lost reference. Thanks, Chris. You know, there seems to be a very large majority who are on board with this Deb setting up the accident theory. I'm sure all will be revealed next week. That was a good bit at the end there, in the container. If Laguerta didn't have Dexter to follow before, it would make sense for her to do it now. Someone with similar thoughts to Chris is Tom in Poland. Let's hear from him now.
5: Hey, guys. Tom from Poland. Um, I do not like what's happening here in this episode. Unless for a moment I was ready to believe that Debra intentionally put the drug into her water. I was so upset with that. Uh, That's rather preposterous, I think. I I guess there's no way for Hannah to be in the next season now. I like the trap that Guerta made for Dexter. It, It surprised me. But it was ridiculous it was ridiculous how Estrada escaped Dacer. I guess the last episode will be about La investigation now. And also on that topic I, I did not understand how uh, Matthews is not convinced that Dex Dokes couldn't have been the butcher now that they got that blood slide, I, I don't know what I'm missing here. Uh, also, my last voicemail, I was saying that Isaac being gay was a surprise to me, you mentioned that photo of him and Victor, but I really couldn't remember them, that from the show like, at all. Uh, also, there were some complaints about uh, how show show was explaining who Santos Jimenez or Estrada was. I, I liked that because I completely didn't remember the, those names. Would it would it know who they were? Mm, I I am really afraid I won't be satisfied with the finale. Yeah, okay. That's that.
0: Thanks, Tom. You you make a fair point about them reiterating who Santos Jimenez was in the history of the cabin. Obviously I did give him a bit of stick last week for repeating things that long term viewers ought to remember. But it's fresher in my mind because of the rewatches. And, you know, <laughs> through that it's easy for me to forget that not everyone in the audience will remember. I'm sure there are plenty who've never re-watched any old episodes and probably haven't heard the name Santos Jimenez in five years. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, Chris. Right. An email now from Hampus in Sweden who says, Finally a great episode. It was about time. I really like Dexter dragging Deborah deeper into his shit. That makes this season more thrilling when we know both Dexter and Deborah might be getting into trouble. Does Deborah risk being framed for the Bay Harbour Butcher by LaGuerta just to get Dexter to confess or at least to come out and play? Even though this was a great episode, there's a few things bothering me. And this is what we do here. We dissect. So it would be great to hear your thoughts on this. Shouldn't Dexter and Harrison be spending Christmas with Asta, Cody and the grandparents instead of being with a chick Dexter's known for a month? I found this a bit strange, but maybe Christmas in Miami isn't as big of a deal as it is in Sweden. LaGuerta is the most interesting thing going on right now. I never thought I would say that. She won't stop this investigation no matter what. Something I picked up on was when Matthew said he's done and that he expects Maria to live up to her end of the bargain about his pension and she answered, don't worry, you'll get what's coming to you. Is it just my lacking English skills or is this used as a bit of a warning that something bad might happen to him? Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. Shouldn't she be some kind of amazing poison ivy that never leaves a trail? Her leaving a water bottle with a shitload of smashed pills in it doesn't really suit her character. Couldn't she foresee that someone might look into Deborah's accident? At least that Deborah herself would look into it if she survived. The Estrada kill scene was amazing. I love how he set it up and I love LaGuerta showing off her detective skills for once. But I have a few notes on this story. Why couldn't the police following Dexter and Estrada follow them all the way to the container? Quote, we followed him to here but we lost him. They were walking, can't be that hard to follow. And another note. Why leave the chainsaw on in the container? It takes half a second to turn it off. And then they might not have found his kill room, right? I think that's all, Gareth. I love this episode, and I think a lot of the other listeners will have too. Maybe even Travis. It had a good development from beginning to end, and as usual, the 11th episode is one of the best of the season. Did we really think that would be the case after Isaac was killed off? I had my doubts. Keep up the good work. For Christmas, I wish for a really long, great podcast for the season finale. Thanks, Hampus. I think Christmas is a pretty big deal in the USA too, and yes, you would expect arrangements to be made, or at least referred to, about them getting together for Christmas. You'd imagine Astra and Cody would want to see their little brother and Dexter. They could have stuck a one-liner in there about Dexter and Harrison driving up to Orlando later. That would have been all right. And Hampus, I think your English was serving you very well during that conversation between LaGuerta and Matthews. Her response about him getting what's coming was very carefully worded and it struck a chord with me too. We'll end up double-crossing each other. Although I think LaGuerta needs Matthews more than the other way around at the moment. Our thoughts on Deb's accident all hang on whether or not you think she set it up or whether Hannah did it. You know where I fall on this, but if Hannah did then if, if Hannah did it, then like I said, the M.O. doesn't really fit. She was sloppy opting for a non-lethal method, but I think this is one of the reasons why I don't think Hannah's the one. And yeah, thanks Hampus, there will be a podcast after the finale, and I'm going to have some guests on to talk about it. And then the week after, that's the week between Christmas and New Year, I do plan to do a dedicated feedback episode. And then, in early January, I hope to do another Top 5 Highlights of the Season podcast. So actually, let me put this out there now to you guys. Have a think about your favourite moments from the season. Then, after the finale, drop them in an email with Top 5 in the subject. And I'll compile the five favourites and chat about them in a special podcast in early January. Cheers, Hampus!
2: You're listening to Dissecting Dexter email your feedback to DissectingDexter at
3: gmail.com Blood. Sometimes it sets my teeth on edge.
1: Hi Gareth, this is Mike from State College and I wanted to give you my thoughts on the latest episode of Dexter, Do You See What I See? Um, I really like this episode, actually. Um, There might be some people I think that are maybe a bit underwhelmed but I th- I think that there's um, quite a lot happening beneath the surface. Uh, a lot of dark undercurrents, a lot of uh, manipulation, I think, in this episode that uh, maybe some people didn't pick up on. I, I know I, I picked up on, at least I, I theorize that it's, uh, you know, manipulation on a certain person's part. And, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but... I honestly I felt bad for Hannah in this episode. Uh you know, I I, I feel like uh when Deb was in the car accident you know, it, it it's everything was conveniently pointed towards Hannah as being the person responsible for uh her injuries, you know, and I completely bought it when, when Hannah said, look, you know, if, if I was going to kill, you know, Deb, if I was going to poison her, she'd be dead. Like, there won't be an almost, uh, she's dead. I mean, look what happened to Sal Price, you know, dead, you know, and, you know, why would I, why would I kill Deb when I know that you would easily track it back to me, you know? So I, I completely bought that hook, line, and sinker. I mean, is it? But there's still a possibility she did it. Oh, of course, and it you know, still is. But I thought it was too convenient. The way the scenes were set up uh, when when Hannah came over and talked to Deb, and uh, Deb had her water bottle and she was drinking from it, and they had a conversation, and and you know, then Deb gets in the car accident. Dexter finds the bottle. There's partially dissolved pills in it. And the levels in uh, in the bottle and in in Deb that caused her to black out were pretty high. So, of course, the first thing I'm thinking is, that bitch. You know, I can't believe Hannah did that. I, I can't believe she, you know, tried to do this to Deb. But, you know what, I didn't buy it for a second. I thought it was too easy. You know, I'm sure I'm not the, I'm not the only person. I, I, I'm sure that Travis and, and you know, they're probably... Other emails and voicemails you'll get the people probably saying the same thing because I personally think it's kind of uh, wish fulfillment to think that that Hannah did this. Uh, I think I think Deb carefully, carefully manipulated Dexter and the situation uh, to her benefit, both in getting Hannah out of Dexter's life and out of her life. And maybe, maybe in a way to try to get back at Dexter a little bit for what maybe he's done to her over the last six seasons, six plus seasons. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that Deb in this moment became as manipulative as I've ever seen Dexter. Um, which is a little sad, but She's had to compromise her morals quite a bit, you know, over the last season, and it's obviously led her to self-medicating, and I think it's more likely that either she just simply took too much of the medication on purpose, which is probably what happened, but I think she's probably been been putting it in her water bottle, you know, take the edge off during the day, um... So maybe that was why it was in the bottle itself. It's possible, I guess. I don't know, for sure, but I, I'm guessing. Um, is is, either, is Deb going to become an adversary now? I mean, I gotta really... I mean, at the end of that episode, that look she gave Dexter was... almost like she was pissed off, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't like... It wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't like oh, we got her, it was it was like almost almost vindictive in a way. Um, but, you know, I felt bad for Hannah. I really did. I She may have had crocodile tears in the past, and there's no doubt about that, but if I think if anybody really questioned her love for Dexter, and, and if, certainly if you don't believe that she was the one that poisoned Deb, when she looked at Dexter and said, you should have killed me, I mean that was. Oh, I mean that was killer. I mean that was. You know that, she, that you should have just killed me on that table. It was better if you'd done that than what you're doing to me now. You know. I mean that that kiss on the mistletoe, that Judas kiss by Dexter. I mean, I tell you what. When 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 Deb came up and took Hannah away. I mean, she should have she should have walked up to Dexter and handed him thirty pieces of silver because. That's basically what happened in that situation, in that moment. It was definitely Judas' kiss. Um, I've, I've never had a problem with Hannah. I've liked her character. Because um, you've never known quite exactly where she stands. And that's great, actually. You never knew for a while there, like, okay, is she good? Is she bad? Uh, do you, does she really mean what she says? Um, you see, you're always kind of questioning. But... I mean I, I liked her character, and I think it was it was a nice relationship that they were developing here. I know Travis hates her don't I mean, but a lot like I said last week, a lot of people don't seem to like any the any person wants to get into a relationship with Dexter. It doesn't seem like it's uh, anything that's favored by anybody by a lot of people at least not say anybody. Um, a fair amount of the fandom pretty much wants to destroy. And, and I think that part of that is that we've been conditioned uh, over the years that any guest star on this show just isn't going to be around for a long time. So, why get your hopes up? Why think this is going to last when you know it probably won't? Either they are going to turn on Dexter uh, in some way and hurt him, or they were never meant to stay around for very long anyway? So, I, th- I think it might be part of it as well. But, anyway back to the episode at hand. Um, isn't it, wasn't it dangerous to, to have Hannah taken away though? I mean, she knows all about Dexter, and she loves Dexter, no doubt, but her self-preservation, her s- sense of self-preservation is so strong, it's, it's like Dexter's really, that if she really didn't want to be in there, I mean, there's certainly an easy way of getting out, right? So, um, Anyway, I'll let you uh, respond to this, and uh, I guess I will talk to you uh, after the finale. All right, Gareth. Um, have a good day, and uh, I will talk to you again soon. Bye.
0: Thanks, Mike. Your first voicemail, and much appreciated. I know we all appreciate your emails each week. Uh, good to hear your voice on the podcast again. You're right to point out the irony of Deb manipulating Dexter, if it does indeed to transpire that she set up the whole accident. The tables turn, and in one sense, should we feel sorry for Dexter, after all the manipulating he's done? But I do feel sorry for him, because it's cost him his first love, and you're right to mention the look on Deb's face at the end there. There seemed to be no hint of sympathy for Dexter, and she should at least be a little bit grateful. She's got the colour she wanted, and split up her brother from what she perceived to be a dangerous relationship. and Dexter gave her the evidence to do it. Dexter will be feeling all kinds of things right now. You'd think she'd empathise, even just a little. Has something permanently changed in her? Well, I hope not. That line from Hannah at the end there, you should have killed me, it, it was heartbreaking, wasn't it? You're right, she was saying essentially, that she wishes he'd killed her on the table before and spared her the pain now. It really all points to her being innocent of hurting Deb. OK, thanks everyone. If you want to get in touch with me, you may. It, in the US, the listener line is 646-222-6122 and in the UK it's 0844-579-6949 and with the UK line you enter mailbox number 8320 when the voice prompts you. There's also email dissectingdexter at gmail.com where you can also send an mp3 file if you want to uh, record your voice on an iPhone or on your PC and email me the, uh, the voice file. There's Twitter at dissectdexter or one word or my personal Twitter which is at gareth underscore UK and there's also the Facebook page hop onto Facebook search for dissectingdexter and Bob's your uncle
2: next time on dissecting dexter
0: okay this is normally the point at which i talk a little bit about what's coming up in the finale it's a spoiler free section and don't worry it will be this week as well um the only thing i give away is the uh, the episode title and you know the titles uh, are all over the internet for you to see if uh, if you want and usually they don't give anything away i've tried my damnedest to stay spoiler free this season and for the most part i've managed it but honestly the finale i <laughs> obviously we can speculate about where this leaves dexter and deb their relationship where it leaves Dexter and Hannah, if even there is such a thing as Dexter and Hannah now. We've also got the escalating investigation by LaGuerta. We've also got the question about what Dexter bought Harrison for Christmas. You know, all these key issues. Obviously that last on is tongue-in-cheek. <coughs> um, I am not going to reveal the episode title here. If you want to find out, then, you know, IMDb... Uh, it's out there on the internet I would stress and obviously it's probably too late for a lot of you if you don't want spoiling do not watch the preview for the finale do not do it I haven't seen it but unfortunately I already know enough to have been spoiled about um, one aspect of the episode um, <clears throat> so do not watch the preview because there is a bit of a giveaway uh, and don't look at IMDb because the episode title might give you a clue as well. Um, so with that, let's close out the show. Alright guys, well, that brings us to the end of what is the last conventional review Dissecting Dexter podcast of the season Next week I'll be doing uh, A conference call With some guests To talk about the finale Probably go over a lot of our feelings of the season As a whole After that I shall be doing The usual Dedicated feedback podcast as, as I mentioned in the, the feedback section this week uh, So I'll be doing that Between Christmas and New Year probably uh, So do get your feedback in uh There will be a podcast in which I can um, read it, listen to it, and respond to it. And, of course, the top five moments of the season podcast that I mentioned. uh, Fire me an email with the subject top five, or something to that effect. And uh, I shall compile the favourites and produce a podcast early in the new year. And we'll have a little bit of fun by way of saying goodbye to season seven and going over some of our favourite moments of of the season. So, something else to look forward to there. And before I go, a uh, quick plug for my other podcast, Gareth's Waste of Time. I did manage to squeeze out a bonus episode earlier this week. Uh, it's on the Gareth's, Gareth's Waste of Time feed on iTunes. It's only about 25 minutes long. I talk about, well, it's called Boobs and Camping. So, uh, you know, if that doesn't attract your attention to want to listen to it, then uh, I don't know what will. So, until next week, when we dissect some more Dexter and... I'm really excited <laughs> finales it doesn't matter how good or bad the season's been there's always excitement for the finale or certainly from, certainly for me so um, yeah looking forward to it and looking forward to dissecting it with, with you guys and guests over the next couple of weeks so uh, until next week thanks for listening and I'll speak to you soon